Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. As we approach Christmas Day this week, we're considering that God became man. And you said yesterday, Colin, that Jesus became like me so I could become like him. And what a sacrifice that must have involved, that the one through whom all creation came into being should humble himself in such a way. And we're looking at various passages of Scripture this week that bring out the real meaning of Christmas rather than just focusing on the details of what happened when Jesus was born. So today we're going to the second chapter of Paul's letter to the Philippians. And this is what he says there um, about Jesus. By nature, he is God. But he did not hold onto his divine status of being equal in heaven with the Father. He was prepared to make himself nothing, taking the nature of a servant and becoming thoroughly human. He was a man in every respect, even though he retained his divinity. Even so, he humbled himself to such an extent that he obeyed the Father's will that he should die the death of a criminal on the cross. Because of his obedience, God the Father has now exalted him to the highest place in heaven and has given him the name that is far superior to any other name. Every knee in heaven, on earth, and even in the underworld will bow at the name of Jesus. Every tongue will have to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, for this is the Father's glorious will. Now, this, I believe, is an uh, amazing passage of Scripture. The way in which Paul describes the significance of what was happening in the incarnation or the birth, the becoming flesh of Jesus Christ. The one through whom the whole of creation came into being, the the galaxies were created. He is prepared, Paul says, to make himself nothing. By comparison with the greatness of what he had made, he becomes an insignificant little child born of a teenage mother with, of course, the Holy Spirit as the father, the seed that was put into Mary's womb. And he took the nature not of the Lord and the King of glory that the Jews were expecting the Messiah to be when he came, but he took the nature of a servant. He came to serve. And all the way through his ministry, we see the way that he served people. And he actually said, I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He was human in every respect, Paul says, although he maintained his divinity also. So 
It was as if Jesus had these two natures, his divine nature and his human nature. Now, it's very important for us to understand that because part of his human nature meant that he had a human will, just like you and I have a will. And our choices, the decisions we make, are, of course, the result of how we exercise that will. So Jesus, to be thoroughly human, to be our savior, the one who identifies completely with us in our need, meant that he had to keep his will in submission to the divine will of his father. And we see all the way through the ministry of Jesus, the way in which he did this, he said, I have not come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I speak no words of my own, but only the words my Father gives me to speak. These things that you see are not um, the things that I choose to do. They are the things that the Father is doing through me. I only do what I see my Father doing. All these statements just show this complete submission to the will of his Father. And of course, that climaxed in the great conflict that took place on the night that he was arrested before going to the cross, when in the Garden of Gethsemane he was praying, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And all this demonstrates to us that Jesus had a human will that he had to keep in complete submission to his Father's will. He had to live in obedience to his Father. Jesus even said, the reason that my Father loves me is that I lay down my life. In other words, is that I obey him. Because one act of disobedience, and he would have been like Adam, created in perfection and fellowship with God, but the one act of sin, of disobedience, of rebellion against the authority, against the word of God, led Adam to fall and to be cast out of the paradise of God, the Garden of Eden. So Jesus could not repeat that, even just one act of disobedience, and he would have become like the first Adam. So Jesus had to be thoroughly human, just as we are, had to be as weak as we are, the letter to Hebrews expressly states that, had to be subjected to every temptation that we are subjected to, and yet, because of that perfect submission of his will to the will of his Father, he never sinned, so that by the time he comes to the cross, he can offer the perfect sacrifice on behalf of the imperfect, the holy sacrifice on behalf of the holy, the sinless sacrifice on behalf of sinners, the righteous sacrifice on behalf of the unrighteous. So, for me, the, the miracle, if you like, is that anybody could share our nature so completely as Jesus did and yet live without any sin all the years that he was upon the earth. And yet that was absolutely essential to the whole purpose of God. 
But what about his divine side? Well, you see, what is his divine side? His divine side is the Holy Spirit within him. And you and I as believers have our divine side. Christ is in us. The Holy Spirit lives within us. So how far do we live in obedience to God? Each one of us as individual believers, Christians. Well, it's the same principle as we see operating in Jesus. How submitted am I to the will of my Father? In other words, is my human will submitted to God's will for me? Because the more I am submitted to his will, the more his will, his life, his love, his power, his presence can be manifested in my life. It's the same principle. We now have a divine nature, a new nature, Christ in us, the hope of glory. But in order to express that nature in our lives, we have to remain submitted to God in just the same way as Jesus had to be submitted during his earthly time. So, just before that passage that we read from Philippians 2, verse 6, Paul says, your attitude should reflect that of Christ Jesus himself. The NIV says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. In other words, we are to have the same heart submission to the will of God that we see in the humanity of Jesus. So, I believe the reason why Jesus didn't suddenly appear, but had to be born as a baby, had to grow and develop in the way that he did in his childhood, was to demonstrate that he really was one of us, and not just sent by God to the world, but is actually born as we are born in the world, he actually shared the weakness of our humanity, and that is demonstrated by the vulnerability that he experienced as, as his birth demonstrates. But the great and wonderful thing is that he did what none of us have accomplished. Through his perfect submission to the will of his Father, he never went against the Father's will. In other words, he never sinned. And it's because of his obedience that we can rejoice at this Christmas time that God sent his Son into the world in order to make it possible for us to share God's life, to be made one with him now in, in our time here on earth, and then to enjoy fellowship with him in heaven for all eternity. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful message for Christmas. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 